Welcome to Brainwaves, student research on air. This podcast series is a collaboration between CKUT and the Postgraduate Student Society of McGill University. We are here to feature student research of all disciplines in Montreal and make academic work more broadly understood and accessible. So experimental surgery program is mainly a medical research program here at McGill. Uh, we are trying to to like to develop new drug targets, uh, to develop new diagnostic methods, uh, etc. Of several diseases which are grouped under the umbrella term of surgery. So mainly it is like trauma, like when someone has a car accident and crashes, and they have injuries. Uh, cancer, which is involved in, in, in some surgical, like for example, breast cancer, where you need uh, tissue to be removed, etc. Um, prostate cancer, which is one of the most important for men, and uh, orthopedic surgery, which is the, the area where I work. So um, the lab where I am working, we are trying to, to see the role of several cells, which are called mast cells. These, these cells are uh, involved in inflammation. Inflammation is very easily understood. Uh, for example, when you hit yourself, um, and, and this is a hard blow, uh, your body part immediately becomes swollen, it becomes red and painful. That's, that's inflammation. So um, every tissue gets inflamed uh, as part of a, a response to damage, but also as a response to start healing itself. So inflammation can be bad if there's too much inflammation, but it also can be good if it's regulated. So these cells, mast cells, um, there, have been, there have been some previous work uh, from other labs which have demonstrated that these cells help modulate the inflammatory response. If inflammation is too much, then they bring it down. If it's not uh, big enough, then they help raise it up. So uh, we believe that these, these cells are a link between uh, inflammation in bone and the overall healing process because uh, bone is a living tissue. Bone is not only a, a, like a scaffold uh, for the body, it's also a living tissue. It has cells, it grows, it, it responds to, to mechanical stress. Like if you load it, for example, if you do exercise and load the, the bone, it will grow more. If you don't do exercise, it will shrink. So uh, once you break bone, the first stage of healing is an inflammatory stage. And we believe that these cells are attracted to the bone and they help promote the healing process. Uh, they help build more bone. They help build more blood vessels. And uh, in order to see if this is true, we are uh, doing a surgery on, on several mice. Uh, we have two types of mice. One are normal mice. And the other type, they have been uh, genetically modified to lack these uh, mast cells. So we perform a, a little surgery on the mouse, we break their, their leg bones, and uh, we follow them through time to see how the healing process uh, goes. And uh, we're trying to discover if these cells are indeed uh, part of the inflammatory process. Well, so far, uh, we've only looked at, at very early time points. Uh, bone healing is a process that lasts approximately three months. So right now, I have data only on two- and four-week uh, healing process. And at this moment, at two weeks, there seems to be the same amount of bone, but with a different quality. The, the bone produced by, by, the, by, the, by the mice that lack mast cells 
uh, seems to be a very fibrotic bone, uh, not hard enough like to be called a real bone. Mm -hmm. And at four weeks, you can see that this process has become really, really big, and they have really big uh, like bone calluses. A bone calluses, for example, imagine that you fracture your your bone, mm -hmm. and then uh, all the cells are attracted there, and they they kind of form a, a ball of bone. This bone, this ball is uh, kind of, if it were clay, remodeled, and it's it becomes again the shape of the normal bone. So at four weeks, uh, we expect that to to happen. And in the mice that are normal, the mice that are normal, uh, you can see that is happening. But in the mice that don't have these cells, you can see that this process is not very efficient. So they have a big ball of of bone there. So uh, we are waiting to for for further time points, like at eight weeks, for example to see if this ball has uh, somewhat modeled or is still a, a big chunk of, of non-remodeled tissue. Mm -hmm. that, are the muscles part of the normal healing process in the human body? That's right. Uh, muscles uh, were discovered uh, initially like in the late uh, um, 19th century, and they were discovered to be part of, a, of the anaphylactic responses and allergies. You know, people who, who have really bad allergies, they, they really be, uh, become very bad and, and they have life-threatening circumstances. That's called an anaphylactic reaction. So these mast cells are involved in, in, in this response traditionally. But also, uh, there are several studies that show that these cells in humans um, also participate like in regulation against cancer. Um, they help uh, fight cancer at some points, but at other points, if there are too many of these cells, they also promote uh, cancer growth because they promote... Uh, blood um, like blood vessel um, formation so this allows cancer cells to reach other parts of the body mm -hmm. so yes they are involved both in, in healing in, in human beings but also in several diseases mm -hmm. and then how can they be used therapeutically yeah that's a really interesting question our hypothesis is that uh, again too many mast cells are bad they will allow um, a not very good healing uh, formation in, in humans, but also too few cells will not promote a very good healing. This is especially important because uh, approximately 1-2% to of, of the world's population suffers a fracture each year. And this is especially important uh, because the people who fracture more are either very young people at all sense, which, you know, are... Uh, are a risk group for fractures because they are st uh, they start driving, they are doing risk sport, etc., or elderly people which have uh, poor quality bone and they fall and they have other other problems. So uh, from all the people who fracture, approximately 25% of them uh, fail to, to heal. And this is mainly because this inflammatory process is not good. So if we identify mast cells as key players in bone healing, we can try to understand the role and try to uh, identify what's, what they really do. Are they uh, um, a player who needs to be modulated mm -hmm. and we need to bring down their inflammatory response? Or are they players who need to be upregulated and we need to, to enhance their features to promote bone healing? Mm -hmm. So this is what our, our research is going to, to prove. Mm -hmm. And so how many years will you be do will you be researching this? Well, I've just started. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm in my first year, almost finishing my first year of PhD. Um, we hope this program to be at least for three years. And afterwards, our next step will be trying to uh, modify the, the muscle response through drugs. There are several drugs that promote uh, muscle activity, and there are several drugs 
that inhibit mast cell activity. So by combining these drugs in, in our mice, we want to see what happens, mm -hmm. and then we will try to, to uh, have the same results with uh, human beings. You are listening to Brainwaves, student research on air. Head to the website culture.ckut.ca slash brainwaves to listen to other podcasts in the series or to learn more about having your own research featured. If you are enjoying this podcast, consider checking out All Things McGill from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. on Monday on CKUT 90.3 FM on the dial or www.ckut.ca online. I mean, this sounds like it does have amazing potential, and I know it's still early in the research, but do you see any drawbacks? Yeah, um, well, in, in the medical field, I'd say that the biggest drawback is trying to translate the, the findings you have on, on an animal model into human beings because our biology is different. Although uh, we have the same cells, we have similar genes, uh, our overall biology is very different. So this is one of the biggest pitfalls, not only of this project, but I'd say overall on, on the medical field. Trying to translate from cell models to animal models to human models, it's quite different. So uh, yeah, that can be a, an issue. Mm -hmm. What would be, uh, once this once you have some conclusion with mice, what would be the next step in moving closer to the human model? Definitely, uh, the first step, and what we are doing now, is trying to understand what's what's the role of these uh, of these cells in bone healing. The next step would be trying to modify their activity. Uh, if we demonstrate that their modifications uh, produce a better bone healing process, the next step would be trying to to produce the same results on on human beings. Uh, probably by giving them drugs to enhance or suppress the activity of these cells, depending on our results, and then seeing if this improves bone healing. Mm -hmm. And so let's say everything works. Uh, how would it change the current way uh, that uh, we have, like the current therapeutic approaches to bone healing and other things? Sure. Right now, um, if a person fractures, the bone healing process, I told you, normally takes three to four months. So this is a period of time where the people uh, is immobilized, they have a cast, uh, they need to, do, uh, to undergo surgery. And in people who are still uh, economically active, this is a problem because they are on leave. And this well, affects them as, as workers, but also affects us as society because uh, we are taxpayers who pay for, for the care of people who get sick. So uh, if through our research we can um, produce uh, a method to enhance wound healing either by enhancing the quality of the bone produced or diminishing the time that this bone uh, needs to heal itself, then we will gain uh, a good advantage and we will, help, uh, we will help people and we will help society through this means. One of the hardest things about biomedical research is that we need to work with animals. And there are people who might find this uh, not very good. Unfortunately, uh, there's, there are not many alternatives. You know, um, we can work with cells. We can work with, with tissues. But we need a, a full animal model because the biology uh, of, of humans is really complex. And we cannot work directly with humans in many cases. So this is, a, um, this is an issue that needs to be addressed. 
Uh, all the procedures we do are reviewed by an ethics board. So, for example, the fracture that we produce on our, on our mice is supervised by an ethics board who oversees that our procedures are done uh, with the mouse anesthetized. We give painkillers to the mice, to, to the mouse to, to avoid uh, them having pain. Um, and we are always uh, conducting our research under these uh, ethical standards. So although we use living animals, we try to do everything with respect and uh, well, trying to, to harm this, uh, them as less as possible. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is a complex ethical issue for a lot of people. What do you think is a good way to have that conversation with people who have a lot of reservations against it? Sure. Um, gee, that's a, a hard question, you know. Um, we don't have to have a right answer, and don't think there is just one answer. Definitely, definitely. It's a, it's a very complex um, mm -hmm. question. Uh, I think that all points of view are, are valid and, and must be heard. But definitely, uh, our understanding of disease and health and uh, the drugs that right now allow us to have really good qualities of life wouldn't be able to be produced if we didn't... Uh, do these kind of things in, in animal models. Uh, it, this is a, a hard truth. And I think that people who, who, like, they are really enthusiastic about stopping research in animals, they need to understand this too. Uh, we cannot advance science, we cannot advance medicine, and we cannot produce better quality of life for people if we don't uh, do this. On the other hand, we need to do this with ethics. And that's really, really important to understand also. Mm -hmm. You just listened to Brainwaves, student research on air. Head to the website culture.cket.ca slash brainwaves to listen to other podcasts in the series or to learn more about having your own research featured. If you enjoyed this podcast, consider checking out All Things McGill from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. on CKUT 90.3 FM on the dial or www.ckut.ca online. CKUT is McGill's campus community radio station that provides alternative music, news, and spoken word programming to the city of Montreal and surrounding areas, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. <laughs>